right, everybody, good morning. Praise God, who is glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. All right, well, it is awesome to see everybody on a beautiful September morning. We're going to have an awesome service getting into the Word of God today and worshiping. Hey, let's go ahead and open up just like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Let's stand up together today. And we are going to keep believing and declaring that our nation is coming to Jesus. And, and someone may say, well, that's not what I see. Well, we choose to walk by faith and not by sight. Can we get an amen today? All right. Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today, yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a few minutes here and do a little meet and greet time. So go find somebody, give them a nice high five, fist bump, handshake, give a big hug, spread the love today, amen. Let's go.
because that would be normal for a youth student to scream. And then Trinity was sad that I didn't recognize it was her voice. So thank you, Trinity, for loving me. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm so glad that you're with us today. And we have a lot going on. And we have been butchering the Harvest Fest announcements. So uh, Miss Desiree Garcia is going to come actually fill you in on that at one point. But just a couple of things before we begin. We have some friends with us for the first time, kind of. <laughs> I have my own mic, but it's more fun to share. You know what I mean? You see that? Sharing Amen. is caring. Sharing is caring. Amen. And we do care. So, hey, praise God. Uh, we got a few announcements as Desiree's coming up here for the Harvest Fest thing. Um, we made the announcement last Sunday um, about how uh, our church and the Free Methodist Church are teaming up and uh, going to be starting services over there. Amen. We're all excited. 
And, uh, and so actually we are blessed because some of our new family members are with us today in the back row over here. So I don't know everybody's name, but let's make them feel welcome. Amen. Part of the HDWC family now. And so I know Ray and Yvette and there's some others with us, but, uh, we're just going to be one big happy family and, uh, we're just, we're, uh, we're excited, man. And we'll have much more information over the weeks ahead and we'll try to keep everybody in the loop on what's going on. But we are excited to be getting the gospel preached from every corner of Barstow. Amen. Uh, because we know it. Yes, that Barstow is coming to Jesus. Who believes that with us today? Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to let Pastor Katie give us one other really exciting bit of information about one of our members. And then we'll let Desiree uh, fill us in on all of the Harvest Fest stuff. Tomorrow's busy, friends. And it's not because it's a Monday. Anyway, tomorrow's the 18th. At 9 a.m. in the morning, Officer Alva back here is getting sworn in. He's going to be officially official. Officially official. Um, so 9 a.m. City Hall, if you want to crash that party with us, that would be super fun. You know, dress like you're going to City Hall, behave like you're going to City Hall. And then after he's sworn in, you know, then we can tackle him in the parking lot. But, you know, we'll wait on that. So uh, 9 a.m., Officer Alva's swearing in. And then 5 o'clock at H Street Park is the family picnic. You're going to bring your own chair and your own food for your crew and probably some to share, you know, because there's bunches of children and you want to give some out, like, you know, buy an extra bag of chicken to say, here, let's go. Um, and they'll all go play and you adults will all get to hang out until dark. Now, the last time we had a family picnic, in order for them to get us out the park, they actually, the city, you know, turned the lights off like, like Robert does, our usher Robert. Right, there he is. It's like. You don't have to go home, but you just can't stay in here. So anyway, um, H Street Park tomorrow night at 5 o'clock. Bring some outdoor games. It'll be a whole lot of fun. And Harvest Fest is coming. Good morning. I'm so excited for Harvest Fest. We have so much going on. Who in here has never been to an HGWC Harvest Fest? Okay. Okay. Well, it's going to be exciting. Basically, it's a time that we get together and all on this property, we bring the community in and we give them Jesus our way. And so we do candy bags. We want to do a thousand candy bags this year. And in each and every one of those candy bags, we give them Jesus. We put Jesus flyers in there. And then on the back, it tells them how to ask Jesus in their hearts, right? So we, we give Jesus that way. And then everything that we do, our games, everything, we're just giving them Jesus all night long. And it's lots and lots of fun. But we need lots and lots of help in order to make this happen. We have a budget this year of $6,000. What that buys is that buys um, prizes, um, drawing prizes for the kids. We give away bikes. We give away scooters. We give away Bibles. Isn't that great? We give them Jesus any way that we can. So we buy all those things. It also helps us to buy um, the bounce house. We have a photo booth. We just have all kinds of things. So right now we're about 2,000 some in. Okay, so we're doing some fundraisers. And that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about, okay? So, who likes children in here? Who likes youth group in here? Okay. So, the 
The youth group has never won this, guys. So I'm just going to shout it out for them. Please help Pastor Katie's team to win this year, okay? So we're doing a competition between the children and the youth group. Whichever team can bring in the most candy, get some kind of party um, when we're all done with this. I don't know what kind of party it is, but some kind of party. It's a party. Um, the, the bins are back there, so choose your sides, okay? Choose your sides. And just know that um, the directors and the leaders of these departments are watching you, and it can get kind of competitive, okay? So let's bring in that candy. We need to, we need, the whole purpose of the candy is because we need to fill a thousand candy bags. And I don't believe in being stingy, right? I want to represent, well, we want to represent High Desert Word Center well when we're giving candy out to these kids. And when we give these kids candy, we want them to remember us. Remember that church that gave us all that candy? So... We need candy, guys, because if we don't have candy, then we have to give small little bags of candy. And we don't want to do that, okay? Um, we also have another competition going on between the children and the youth. And this one is for a pizza party. But we're doing what is like a change war, okay? So it's kind of the same thing. You're going to choose your sides. You're going to choose children. You're going to choose youth. And you're going to bring in your change. And you're going to fill those little bins that are on the bottom of the information booth. And whichever bin weighs the most, that's how you win, okay? So bring in your spare change. Dump it in there. We also have um, root beer floats on on 924. We'll have root beer floats. Um, and then 922, we're going to have a drive-thru taco dinner. Who likes tacos? We do need to pre-sell these tickets, guys, because we need to know how many, how much food to prepare. Because the way the drive-thru works is we're going to have everything prepared for you. And you go home with your family and just enjoy a family night. So we're going to do it that way. Um, Renee is in the back, and she has tickets, so please get your tickets today because we need to know how much food we need to get. We don't want to overbuy, and we don't want to under underbuy either. We want to make sure we have the right amount, but we do need you to buy your tickets ahead of time for that, okay? Then we have a yard sale coming up. That's really exciting. Every time we have ever done a yard sale, Jesus just comes and moves in that yard sale. It's great. People come and they want prayer or they want to find out more about Jesus. So it's really great. But we need your donations. So Summer and Chris, Chris, raise your hand. Chris are going to go around. If you have any big stuff, they're willing to, to go ahead and do a pickup. But you've got to arrange that with them, okay? And that's going to be on the 30th. And then on... October 1st, we're looking to have another silent auction, okay? Um, we also are selling candles. And so if you see our little booth back there, we have some sample candles, but they will actually have the HDWC fall, like, logo on them. So that's kind of cool. And all these different scents. They are $25 a candle, and we get $8 for every candle that we sell. So I kind of made these little flyers that are kind of like the school ones. So if you want to take them home with you and take it to work and sell them and then bring us this slip back so we know what you sold, that would be great. Okay. Um, so we're super excited. Pay attention to more announcements because we're going to need lots and lots and lots and lots of your guys's help in the future. Okay. Thank you.
So Harvest Fest and all this fundraising and that big old giant budget that they have is it's a community budget, not just this room budget. And what our goal has always been is to bring Barstow together and show out the love of God in a big way. And so we all get together. There's tons of businesses involved and sponsorships and all kinds of things with that. So hook up and be a part of it, right? Praise God. So I forgot to announce the intentional parenting class is beginning on October 1st. It's going to be from 4 to 530 in here, and there is childcare provided. So don't miss out on that, okay? If you're a great parent, you belong at this class. If you're a terrible parent, you belong at this class. If you feel lost as a parent, okay, basically you just belong in this class, okay? You just need to be at this class and it's fun and it's funny and it's not heavy and there's not boatloads of homework. I've been to some of those parenting classes and it's just rough, you know? This is not that class. It will help you. You will have a network of parents and friends to be with. It's a great place to be. Very, very important to be there. If you are with us for the very first time or the first time in a long time, can you wave at me? Wave at me. Okay. I am so glad that you're with us today. Miss Heather here is going to bring you some information about the church and Miss Brylin. Um, I thought she was in children's this morning. Thanks, Miss Brylin, for serving everywhere. Um, so they're bringing you some information about the church. If you will bring that card back to the info booth, they also have a gift that they would like to give you after service. All right. Lots of good stuff going on. Uh, as we have been saying, we are getting into the busy part of the year. And next thing you know, it's going to be Christmas. Is anybody excited about that? Yeah. Hey, hey. I heard a rumor that Susan's putting up her tree today, and I said, go for it, man. I, I really don't think that's a bad thing. So anyway, hey, uh, praise God. We're going to get into our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. So I'm going to have Mrs. Pastor, or as I like to call her mom, uh, she's going to come on up this morning and do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And it's also Mission Sunday, and she's going to be giving us an update on some of our missionaries, Dana and Liz Nile. Uh, because they have got a lot going on in their ministry right now. So I'm excited to hear about what's going on with them. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Hallelujah. Hey, if you need an envelope for your giving, uh, raise your hand and the, on the uh, ushers will be more than happy to give you one. Uh, make sure that you mark your envelopes plainly. If you're giving missions or if you're giving tithes and offerings, you may want to get two two envelopes there. But this is third Sunday of the month is always Mission Sunday. So the scripture that we're using today for uh, for our tithes and our offerings is Psalms 1, verse 8. And I'm in the New King James Version. I love this scripture when it comes to missions. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. And, you know, I just might add that Barstow is part of the world, right? And so we've been we've been declaring Barstow is coming to Jesus for three or four years now. And so Barstow is ripe for the picking. Amen. And so we are asking the Lord for Barstow, and he's giving us Barstow in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So um, <clears throat> I want to talk to you today about Liz and Dana Nile. Many of you know them. They've been here several times, but they're... Their uh, schedule is just like, wow. The name of their ministry is Ends of the Earth Ministry because they 
have been to Siberia. They've lived in Siberia. They have been all over the world. And um, they're also the missions director for AFCM, which is the Association of Faith Churches and Ministers. So they're over all the missionaries in that organization. But listen to their schedule. So from September the 7th through the 19th, today's the what, 17th? They're in Peru. Peru is where a pastor was not too long ago, and during COVID, he got stuck over there. You remember the story. And uh, he finally got, the State Department finally got him out of Peru, and, and he was so happy to be home. So anyway, and he doesn't want to go back to Peru again, but that's okay. We'll send Liz and Dana Nile to Peru, okay? But anyway, so, and they are, in Peru, they are hooking up with Annette Thiessen. Now, you also know that we support Annette and Ron Thiessen. And they started the ministry in Peru years ago. Ron is a third-generation Wycliffe Bible translator. He was born in Peru. They're fluent in Spanish. So when any of the Americans go over there, they are the translators. Now, Ron is undergoing, uh, he's been had some health issues for the past year, so they have not released him yet to go back overseas, but he's doing really well. But anyway, Annette is meeting Ron and Annette in, uh, I mean, uh, Liz and Dana in Peru. And they're going to have an AFCM family reunion with all the pastors there. And what happens is the pastors come up the the Amazon River because you can't get there by car. You have to take boat or you have to fly, you know, that type of thing. So anyway, it's really cool. So they are using the Spanish version of the AFCM Bible College there. So that's good. And then they're going from there October the 3rd to the 24th to Nepal. If you don't know where Nepal is, Nepal is on the corner of India, and Nepal has been very hostile to the gospel. But they're going to be ministering to Presbyterian ministers there who are hungry for the word and for a move of the Holy Spirit. And so they're going to be talking to 50 to about 70 pastors in Nepal. Isn't that cool? And uh, one of the guys that they're going to be ministering with has started over 30 churches in Nepal, a, a, a nation that is hostile to Christianity. And then October the 25th through November the 11th, you're going to say, man, these people, don't they ever stop? No, they don't. They're going to be in the Philippines. Yeah, so they're going to the Philippines, and they're going to be traveling all over to the islands, ministering at various AFCM family reunions there and churches and, uh, you know, things like that. And then, listen to this, while you're having Thanksgiving dinner from November the 18th through the 30th, they're going to be in Vietnam. So while you're sitting there chomping down on your turkey and stuff, they're in Vietnam. Think of Liz and Dana. And uh, <clears throat> they're going to have the Vietnamese family reunion. If you know that Vietnam Vietnam is not really uh, friendly to the gospel either. One time recently, a couple years ago, when uh, when Dana was there, they had to shove him in the closet because the authorities were coming. And the, the regular pastor there just got up and just started preaching as if Dana wasn't even there. But he was hiding in the closet. And then December 1st through the 4th, they're going to Indonesia. And they're, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're just all over the place. But this is really exciting. And then maybe they'll be home for Christmas. I'm not sure. But, you know, most of us don't want to go to Vietnam. Most of us don't want to go to Indonesia. Most of us don't want to go to Peru. Most of us don't want to go th- these places. But we are concerned about the gospel being preached to these people. And so what do we do? We send our funds we send our finances so that it's it makes them available to go. And also, Liz and Dana said at the end of their email here, this is their 10th anniversary. We have known Liz and Dana for 40 years. Our kids were little. 
40 some odd years. You, and you know, our kids remember them playing with their children when they were little. So we've known them for a lifetime, have supported them for a lifetime. They were on the missions field. They came off to pastor a troubled church in North Carolina, South Carolina, one of those Carolinas. And uh, then the Lord called them back into the mission field. So they said this. This month marks the 10-year anniversary of us obeying the call back to full-time missionary work. We went from pastoring a church, receiving a good salary, and living well to not being able to see in the natural how we were going to make it. We've watched in awe as the Lord has provided over and above every need while we stepped out in faith for the nations. All the bills have always been paid and we have no debt. God has been so gracious to us over these 10 years and has given and has given us you, our faithful, generous partners. Thank you for obeying us together as we go to the ends of the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So isn't that exciting? Awesome stuff. I love it. Stand up, please. We're going to say our financial faith confession over our giving. Praise the Lord. As we bring the Lord's tithes and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Feel free to join us at the altar after you drop off your offering, and let's worship the Lord together.
Upon the 
both fade away, he shall reign, he's on the throne. And he shall reign forever and ever. He shall reign, he shall reign. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Isn't he good this morning? Hallelujah. You know, as we're worshiping, you know, there's just certain times when we really enter into a realm of worship. And a lot of people don't realize there is a difference between praise and worship. And uh, when we praise God, man, I love to praise God. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do. And when we're praising, often we're singing about all the great things he's done for us. And I love it. And uh, the Bible says to do that. But then there's certain times that you're just worshiping him simply because you love him. You're not, you're not even seeking something from him at that moment. Uh, you're just worshiping him and glorifying his name. And when you begin to get to that level, that, that's a little bit of a deeper level sometimes. But when you can really enter into a true moment of worship, praise God, he can really have his way in your life. And, and you know, oftentimes, you know, when we're going through a hard time, we want to sing praise because man, we need the breakthrough. And I've been there and I'm all about it. But there are times to just worship him without even asking for anything because he is the ultimate reward. And you know, I heard somebody say the reward for drawing closer to Jesus is Jesus. Amen. And, and some people don't get that, but as you begin to mature in your faith and get to a deeper level, you get that. I I don't just love Jesus for the things that he gives me. He does give me things. Amen. He healed me of cancer. He saved my family. He's done so many things in all of your lives. And I'm grateful for that, but that's not the only reason that I love Jesus. I love Jesus for who he is. I love Jesus so much because of who he is. And, 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 and I just want to get closer and closer to him. Not so I can just ask him for more stuff. I just want to get to know him even better. And in fact, whenever the Lord revealed himself to Abraham, what did he say to Abraham? He said, behold, I am thy exceeding great reward. No, yeah, God gave Abraham a lot of stuff. <laughs> for sure, he gave him a lot of things. But in the end, Abraham knew that the Lord had spoke to him and said, hey, I am your exceeding great reward. Who in here today could say, I I appreciate the things that God gives me and does for me. No doubt about it. I get that. But I just want to get closer to him because I love him. Amen. I just want to get closer to him because I want to know more and more about him. And when we start getting to that level in our faith, man, you're getting somewhere and you're growing. So why don't we just raise our hands one more time this morning? Amen. Father, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. And we ask that you would have your way in this service today. Speak to us, Lord. Uh, Tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. Lord, we want the truth because you said in John 8, 32, that if we would know the truth, the truth would set us free and we want freedom in our lives. And so we thank you that you have your way today in the mighty name of Jesus. Can somebody give the Lord some praise today? Amen. Hallelujah. He is good and his mercy endures forever. Well, you can begin to make your way back to your seats this morning.
Amen. You can give somebody a little high five if you don't get too carried away. Sometimes I tell you guys to do that, and then 20 minutes later, I'm trying to break you up from your hugging and everything. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we are going to get into the Word of God today. Who's excited for some Bible time? Amen. Well, we're going to get in. We're going to be starting a new series this morning. If you need an outline to follow along with, uh, raise your hand and the ushers will give you one. We've got an outline for the message there so you can follow along. And so uh, this is actually going to be a character study over the next few weeks on a man in the Bible named Joshua. And uh, and I did a series on this uh, back in 2016. And I'm like, man, we need to study Joshua some more because who knows, we're going places we've never even been before. Do you realize that? That God has taken us to new levels and doing some awesome new things. And not just as a church, but in your lives. Who's ready to get into their promised land that the Lord has for you? Amen? Yeah. God has something for you. And and I know that as we uh, go places we've never been with the Lord, hey, you got to stretch yourself. You've got to grow. And sometimes growing can be a little bit uncomfortable. But the title of this series is going to be called Son of None. And, uh, and you're like, wait a minute, I thought nuns didn't have children. Well, no, Joshua, we'll get there, but Joshua's dad was literally named Nun. And so, uh, and so the Bible calls him that Joshua, the son of Nun. And we're gonna study his life out over the next few weeks. And I believe it's really important uh, that we study this because, again, Joshua was an incredible leader. And you may look at your life and be like, well, I mean, I'm not a leader. I don't own the company. I don't listen here. You are a leader. You're leading somebody. Who, who in here that you're a parent and you've got children? you've got grandchildren, then you're a leader. Amen. Uh, who in here that you at least have yourself? You, anybody who, who brought yourself this morning? You're here. Amen. You've got you. Okay. All right. You've got you. And so you have to lead you if nothing else. Amen. You got to make yourself get up in the morning. You got to make some right decisions. You got to make yourself go to church. And so all of us at some level or another are a leader. And there is some incredible things that we're going to see from the life of Joshua over these next few weeks. And I found out we've got a lot of Joshua's in the church. I didn't even realize that. If your name is Josh, could you raise your hand real quick? Amen. I've got two over here. I've got a brother around here somewhere named that. I don't see him, but he's here. And so, yeah, we've got some great Joshua's. Let's hear it for anybody named Josh. I just think we ought to... It's a solid name. It's a very solid name. Amen. Okay, so let's talk about Joshua a little bit. Then we're going to dig into his life here. But Joshua, if you've studied this, you know that Joshua was actually born as a slave. He was born into slavery in Egypt uh, during the captivity, the 400-year captivity of the Israelites. And he went from slavery and became one of the greatest conquerors and military men in the history of the world. And I'm going to show you some of this in his life, but Joshua was a mighty man of valor, a mighty man of courage and bravery. And in fact, I would say he ended up being like a level 10 out of 10 Chuck Norris status, manly man. By the time this was all said and done. And I I mean, that's about the, the most elite level that you're going to get at. Um, Now, we first 
come across Joshua, uh, and, and we're not going to turn there, but in Exodus chapter 17, that's how far back we go with Joshua. Uh, we see him first mentioned in a, in a battle they were fighting against the Amalekites. And another very worthwhile note regarding Joshua, if you remember Numbers chapter 13, I know everybody memorized that whole chapter. So Numbers chapter 13 is when Moses sends out 12 spies to spy out the promised land, right? And one of the 12 was Joshua. You remember this? And then uh, out of all 12, 10 came back and said, it's beautiful. It's awesome, but we'll never get in there because there's giants and we just simply cannot do that. And two out of those 12 were Joshua and Caleb. And they're like, it's beautiful and there's giants and we're going to conquer them and kick them out and we're going to live in the promised land. Who's with me? And everybody was like, they're as quiet as you're being right now. They're, uh, nobody said it. They, they were terrified and they believed the fearful report over the faithful report of Joshua and Caleb. And so in the end, the Israelites uh, wander the wilderness for 40 years before they're allowed to enter into the promised land. Now, Joshua had been the assistant to a man named Moses for quite a while. Who's heard of Moses? Big Moses. Come on, somebody. You've heard of him? Yeah. And so... Joshua had been his assistant for years, and the Israelites, finally, after this 40-year period, they make it to the edge, they make it to the border of the promised land, and Moses dies at 120 years old. And we we know that he wasn't allowed to enter, but he was allowed to view the promised land. And so, at this point, Joshua takes over for Moses. Now, who thinks that there was probably a certain amount of pressure that came with taking over for Moses? I mean, imagine somebody, you know, the, the CEO, the boss of the whole corporation comes and hands you the keys and says, all right, you're taking over now. Have fun. Okay. I, I, and, and you're like, okay, man, thanks. Well, there would be some pressure that comes with that because I have found out that everybody wants to be the boss. Until you realize that being the boss has some very heavy weight that comes with being the boss. Let me tell you. Because when you're the boss, hey, yeah, you get to make decisions, but your decisions affect everybody else. And again, you're probably like, well, I'm not a boss. Hey, do you have kids? You're a boss, somebody. Amen. Do you you have yourself? You're a boss of somebody. And your decisions are very, very important. And that's one of the great things we're going to see in the book of Joshua is how to make right decisions. And so let's take a look at where it all begins in Joshua chapter 1. Let's go, somebody. Joshua chapter 1. And we're going to look at these first few verses here. Joshua chapter 1. And uh, see how Joshua uh, is doing after uh, Moses, you know, passes away. He's handed the keys. And now all of a sudden, he's got a few million people on his hands that he's responsible for. I mean, you probably thought it was hard having two or three kids try a few million people that like to complain and do things like that. And, and so here we've got it that he's got a whole big level of responsibility. So Joshua chapter 1 
Verses 1 through 3, let's see what happens here. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. I mean, here we go. This is a big moment where God is officially saying, you're the man now. You're responsible for all these guys. Moses brought them this far, but he wasn't allowed to lead them into the final steps. And now here we have Moses completing, excuse me, Joshua completing what Moses wasn't able to. This is huge. And there's a lot of weight that goes into this. Now, the first chapter, if you read it, is full of some powerful life changing verses. But today we're going to specifically study one of these verses. And this is, I will tell you right now, this is one of the key verses that I base my entire life on. Joshua chapter one, verse eight. This verse has been a life changer for me. And I have made it my purpose to not just listen to this verse and read this verse. I have become a doer of this verse over the past seven years or so. And this is one of the keys that's changed my life. And I want to explain it a little bit today. Joshua 1, verse 8. I'm going to read it in the New King James uh, because that's just how I had it memorized. But Joshua 1 and verse 8. And here is the Lord's instructions to Joshua. He says, this book of the law, this is the word of God that they had at the time. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And so we're going to break this verse down a little bit and see what it means and how you can do it. Because there's a promise here. God says, if you'll do this, you'll make your way prosperous. Who would like for your way to be prosperous? I've got no problem saying that. I would like to have a prosperous way. It's better than a, you know, than a getting kicked around, getting kicked down the street type of a way. And it says you will have good success. Who wants good success? Now there's a key right here. It says good success because apparently there is some types of success that's not good success. Some people, well, I'm successful. I've got a couple million in the bank. I've got a bunch of people that follow me. I've got this. I've got that. I've got success. Well, maybe it wasn't good success for you because it's not what God actually called you to do. Amen. And so this is a key word to this verse. I'm not just looking for success in this life according to the world's standards. I want God's definition of good success because I will stand before him someday. And when I do, I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. Who wants to hear that with me? Amen. Amen. So let's see 
what the Lord told Joshua and how he would have good success. Number one, here it is. Number one, Joshua spoke the word all the time. Joshua spoke the word all the time. Now, the main theme of the book of Joshua is leadership. Now, I would say he learned hands-on from some pretty amazing mentors. He had Moses and he had God himself. Now, who thinks that if Moses were to offer a, you know, a six-week leadership training course that you would go ahead and sign up for that? Dude, I would be all over that. I, hey, if there was the Moses School of Leadership from the man himself, beard, robe, sandals, I'm there. And I don't care what it costs. Count me in. Amen? But we've got the Bible, and that's what we need. And then he learned from God Almighty himself. Who would like God's leadership course? Boom, well, that's we got it right here. Amen? All you got to do is read it and do it. And so we're going to be looking at that. But you need to know, number one, Joshua spoke the word all the time. And Joshua's first instructions from God as he takes over, as he gets the keys to the kingdom, so to speak, some of his first instructions and orders from the boss, from God Almighty, was to speak the word. God said, do not let it depart from your mouth. And so I can just imagine if you would have been, you know, a, a part of the Israelite community at that time, if you were to see Joshua walking down the street, if you were to see Joshua just tending to his stuff and he, he didn't have people talking to him, I guarantee you, Joshua would have been speaking the word right there to himself because Joshua obeyed and God said, don't let it depart from your mouth. You better have the word, the book of the law coming out of your mouth, meditate in it day and night. And so Joshua would have been walking around speaking the word, speaking the book of the law. And you may be like, well, I can't do that. People will think I'm weird. Newsflash, they already think you're weird. And if they don't, something's wrong. Amen? If, if, if you fit in with the people of this generation and this world, and they don't think you're weird, something went wrong somewhere. John said it this way, friendship with this world makes you an enemy of God. And so we talked about this on Wednesday night, uh, Galatians 1.10. I am not looking for the approval of the people of this world. I'm looking for his approval. And if he says, speak the word out of your mouth day and night, guess what? Yes, sir, I'm going to do it. And if you think I'm weird for it, then I think you're weird. Because you're not doing it. Amen. All right. I mean, if I'm on this journey alone, praise God. I love you, but we're going somewhere here. Amen. And so I'll tell you right now, if you go around speaking God's word constantly, do you know how much scripture is you're going to have memorized, how much you're going to have on your heart? And I can promise you that if you would do just this verse right here at any given moment, when a situation arises, when bad news comes, when an attack from the enemy comes, the word of God would come firing out of your mouth like a bullet. Amen. And so isn't that better than maybe in the past, you know, in your BC days or in your lukewarm Christian days, bad news came and, and definitely some words came flying out of your mouth, but it wasn't the words of God. We're not asking you to repeat those words, keep them to yourselves. But what I'm saying is, wouldn't it be powerful if, you know, when, when something bad happened, if instantly out of your mouth came, no, 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 I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. Praise be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. How would that change your life better than, oh, beep, 
How did that work for you? Did you get a lot of victory and prosperous success with those words coming out? Keep that answer to yourself. Amen. And so, anyway, I had a very unconventional childhood. Uh, let's, let's talk about this. Maybe I could, you could, you know, I, I could just talk to you for a minute. But, you know, you know I, but, but my childhood, I love because it's the way that I, that I am today. And, and so what I want to explain is, we constantly, and it, I didn't know any different. I thought everybody's house was like this, but the word of God was just constantly coming out of my parents' mouths. And so check this. Listen, with my dad, anytime growing up, anytime, if he sneezed or coughed, he would instantly be like, by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. First Peter two twenty four. I am so serious. He never, never, you know, any time that he sneezed or coughed or anything, by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. First Peter 2, 24. I heard this, uh, you know, so, and that my mom, when she answered the phone, she didn't say, hello. Every time my entire childhood, if the phone rang, Jesus loves you. I thought everybody did this. You know, I went to friends' houses and their moms would answer the phone. Hello. Like, what's wrong with her? Is she having a bad day? What's going on? But... How often did I hear, I mean, you know, and, and listen, kids, we used to have these things called landlines for our telephones. I know you don't know if that is. They literally land, ran a line to your house and you could talk to the phone. It was weird. You couldn't, it, you couldn't text on it, nothing, but, but we talked on it. We actually talked on the phone. And so I would come into the room and, you know, my mom's on the phone with a telemarketer or something saying a prayer of salvation or praying for their healing or something. And I just thought that's how everybody's house was. I, I didn't know any different, but, but the word was just constantly coming out of the mouth. It was just second nature. And, and so I, think that that's a pretty decent way to raise your children and a pretty decent way uh, to have your household flowing is to just let this book of the law not depart from your mouth, meditate in it day and night. Who thinks that that would change your household a little bit if you constantly, consistently had the word of God coming out of your mouth? Now, God told Joshua to meditate in it day and night. And so there's a lot of misconceptions about the word meditate. We say that and usually people for some reason think, imagine you sitting with your legs crossed doing this saying, home, home. no, 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 that, that's, that's different. Well, we're, well the Hebrew uh, definition of meditate is this Hebrew word hagah. And I'd like to pronounce it with the correct accent, but I'm not going to do that. Okay. Uh, but, but this Hebrew word Hagah and Hagah means to ponder something by talking to oneself either internally or audibly. And then, and it's almost got this connotation of just a, 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 a murmur. And, and so somebody that's meditating the word, they're not, you know, out there with a megaphone blasting in somebody's face, you know. God so loved the world. No, but, but if you're going to meditate the word, you'll be consistently just speaking it out to yourself. Amen. You know, I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. As you're doing this, you are meditating and reciting and repeating the word of God out of your mouth all day long. Now, I think it's awesome to get up every morning, get your Bible out, get a cup of coffee and spend some time with Jesus. I do that every morning of my life, 365 days a year. I love that. It's my favorite part of my day. Now, Joshua maybe didn't necessarily have that same option uh, because listen, 
for one, I don't know how much coffee they drank back then, but for two, you know, the Bible wasn't in a nice printed leather bound edition that you could just carry around. I mean, we had these giant scrolls. And so it was, you know, not necessarily uh, conducive for Joshua to be, you know, carrying around these. It, it just didn't work like that. I know that he read the book of the law. He read the scripture, no doubt about it, but he Consistently, according to Joshua 1 8, day and night meditated. That means he was repeating scripture to himself over and over, day and night. And so, listen to me. You do that for a while, you're going to be a spiritual gladiator. You're going to be an absolute Rambo. You're going to be a nightmare for the devil. Because when he comes and, and tries to huff and puff and blow your house down, when he comes and says, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to steal your kids, I'm going to, you answer with the word of God right away. Woo! My gosh! Do you understand how strong spiritually you are when you not only read the word, but you begin to meditate the word day and night. You are an absolute warrior in the army of God. Now, another great Bible leader was a man named David. And David did the exact same thing. Well, how do you know that? Let's look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119, we're coming back to Joshua. Now, there's some great names in the Bible. Joshua's up there. I think, personally, I think David's a slightly better name, but, you know. Oh, sorry. Um, my bad. Yeah, hey, look at this. Yeah. How many Davids in the house? Okay. We're, okay, all right. There's a few of us. There's a few of us. We may be outnumbered, Dave, so we may have to team up later, but we got this. So, Psalm 119, and we're going to look at verse 97. And we're going to look at verse 148. So Psalm 119, longest chapter in the Bible, but the entire thing is about how much David loves the word of God. I mean, you read it and you're like, man, this guy's obsessed. Yes, absolutely. That's the best way to be, to be obsessed with God's word. Oh yeah. Listen, that'll change everything. So Psalm 119, and we'll look here at verse 97. And here's what David has to say about the word of God right here. He says, oh, how I love your law. That's the word. It is my what? Meditation all the day. It is my meditation all the day. So apparently David also meditated on God's word throughout the daytime. Well, let's look at verse 148. Psalm 119, verse 148. Check this out. And so David takes it a step further. Psalm 119, verse 148. He says, my eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. And so Joshua meditated God's word day and night. And apparently by David's own admission, by his own words, David meditated on God's word throughout the day. And then he said, my eyes are awake at night through the night watches that I may meditate your word. Can you imagine going through the day, just speaking God's word out of your mouth when you're not, you know, having to deal with other people and stuff. And then at night you're just laying there repeating the word of God to yourself as you go to sleep. Oh my goodness. 
And people wonder, well, how, how were those guys so used by God? Man, they were used by God for a lot of reasons. And one of those reasons, out of the many, is because God's word was on fire in their hearts, man. And they had it ready to go at a moment's notice to come right out of their mouth. And that is exactly how I want to be. Just like that. I, I mean, I'd love to be like Joshua and King David. Absolutely. And this is one way I can do it. Now, it's super important that we are meditating and speaking the word of God. But number two, I want you to get this. Joshua actually obeyed the word. Joshua obeyed the word. And we know there's a lot of people that have scripture memorized and there's even people that can quote scripture and those are two powerful, wonderful things, but none of this works until you actually obey and do what the word of God says. And so, you know, somebody could say, man, I know the Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself. I know that. Well, good for you. And it's one thing to know it, but it's even better to actually do it. Amen? Because some people are like, man, I know the Bible says you love your neighbor, but I hate that guy. I tell you what. But I do know what the Bible says. Well, a lot of good it's doing you. Hey, you got to be a doer. And that's what separates the men from the boys or, or the ladies from the little girls. This is what makes a real man of God is somebody that not only gets the word in their heart, but actually obeys what the word of God says. Who in here wants to be a doer of God's word? Amen. And so again, Joshua 1, 8. Joshua 1, 8, that's our, our main text right here. But the end of this verse, it says that if you will meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to, here it is, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. That you may observe to do all that is written in it. And so I'll tell you this much right now. If you only occasionally read the word or you only hear the word once in a while when you come to church, it's going to be a lot harder for you to obey it. If you're just a casual fan of the word, if you only hear it once a week when you're here or once a month when you're here, whatever the case is, it's very unlikely that you're just going to be some passionate on fire doer of God's word. Joshua had so surrounded himself in scripture that he was able to do according to all that was written in it. That's what made him a great leader. And I'm going to say this to you. Every decision he made was based on the word of God. And that's the goal for all of us as Christians. Every decision we make has to be based on the word of God. And again, a lot of people won't understand your decision making at that time because sometimes you'll turn down things that your friends and family are like, well, why didn't you take that? My gosh, that was a lot more money. Well, yes, but I was uh, making that decision based on the Bible, not money. And I'm not willing <laughs> to compromise the Bible in order to make more money because I can't serve two masters. I'll either uh, hate one and love the other. I'll despise one and be obedient to the other. I can't serve God and money. Right? You know, Jesus said that. And so listen... If you will begin to make all of your decisions based on the word of God, number one, you'll always make the right decision. 
Who knows that? Anybody have learned that yet? That every time I obey the Bible, it's the right decision. Yeah, but sometimes I obey it and it's not easy. Duh. Obeying the word is, doesn't mean it's the easy thing to always do. Sometimes the right way is the harder way, but that doesn't change the fact that it's the right way. Do you get that? And so we'll sit, we'll study this out a little bit more with Joshua, but every decision that Joshua made was based on the word of God. And that is so key to his leadership. Joshua had difficult decisions to make throughout his life, but he made the right ones because of his dedication. And so I'm going to show you a verse here. And I would say, I would hope, all right, that 75% of this group could know this verse before I even read it, but we got to go there. James 1, 22, James 1, 22. If there's a verse that we quote every service, it's this verse. And so if you're newer, I, I get it. But if you've been here for a while, you really ought to know this verse by now. James 1 and verse 22. And oh my goodness, you got to get this. This is where spiritual maturity and spiritual growth kicks in. When you get James 1, 22 in your heart, and actually obey it, this is where you'll start seeing some results. Because some people are like, that's funny, I'm not seeing any results. You know, I, I occasionally come to church, I read the Bible when I'm in the mood or I have extra time. It's weird, I'm not seeing these powerful mountain-moving results. Yes, we can explain this to you. And a lot of it has to do with this right here, James 1, And so, hey, let's just read it together so we all feel nice and happy on the inside. What's it say? But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Amen. Be a doer of the word. And so I know this much. There's a lot of really nice people that are deceived uh, because they hear the word. I mean, they're in church with you. They're hearing the word, but they're not getting the breakthrough that they're supposed to be getting. And the reason for that is they hear the word, but they don't do the word. The full blessing doesn't come simply from hearing. The full blessing comes when you begin to do the word. And there's a lot of people that would say, I know the Bible says that Jesus is the son of God and that, you know, he's coming again someday. And, and, and it says that Jesus died on the cross. That's excellent. Very good. But you don't actually become a born-again Christian until you do something with that information. What do you got to do? You've got to believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. You got to confess with your mouth, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10. Until you actually do what the word says about that. It's nice that you know about Jesus, but you're not born again. You've got to do what the word says. Who knows that today? And so if you want to grow and if you want to start getting to this level where you are seeing some breakthroughs and some answers to prayer, go from the realm of just being a hearer and start being a doer of the word of God. If Joshua would have just heard the word and, and not meditated it like God straight told him to, they never would have made it in. He would have been deceiving himself. 
And you know, one of the strangest things that I, that I hear is, is someone who's not obedient in little things thinking that God's just going to magically pour out massive responsibilities upon them. Have you ever seen this? Uh, you know, so I remember when we were in college, Pastor Katie and I, you know, uh, I don't like to publicly give this information, but I guess I'm, am I amongst, is this a friendly crowd? I'm not believing that, but I'm going to step out. So we had a job as uh, in college. Okay. Don't judge me. I was young and dumb, uh, but we had a job where we were telemarketers. I don't, <laughs> you, we knew it. Yeah, it's true. We were telemarketers in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We called you in the middle of your dinner to sell you encyclopedias. We called you to sell you a great credit card from Bank of America right when you were putting your kids to sleep. And then you threatened me and then I hung the phone up crying. But anyway, that's a different story. I'm still getting some healing from that because I've received some threats. But anyway, at, at the job, uh, uh, we were telemarketers and, and there was an open position to step up to the supervisor role. Well, I instantly took my hat out of the ring because I wasn't going to do that. That's crazy. But my wife, Pastor Katie, went up for the promotion and then this other kid. And so the thing is, is that uh, this other kid, he was like our age, like 19, 20, and he showed up late every day. He halfway did his job. He didn't, you know, he didn't put any real effort into it. It was pretty much as bad as his job as I was. And so he comes in and he's like, yeah, I want that. I want to be a boss. I'm going to tell people what to do. That'd be awesome. And that was his whole motivation. Well, when it came time for the promotion, guess who got it? She did. Yeah, this isn't a trick question. She got, she got the promotion. But as we're looking at it, you know, the supervisors had to tell him, if you can't be faithful and do a good job at the entry level position, why would we give you authority and bigger responsibilities and pay you more? Why is that? And there's a lot of Christians. Listen, they're in this, uh, if you're not faithful and responsible and obedient with the level you're at now, God's not just going to come in and bring you up to the next level. He said, if you're not faithful with little, I can't make you ruler over much. If you would be faithful with where you're at right now, God could take you to the next level. Amen. What's your attitude at the job right now? Do you go in there complaining every day, kicking rocks and, and I hate this play my god but i hope they make me the boss someday i hope they don't that's crazy that's a terrible attitude to have nobody would want to work for you if you're like that listen what's your attitude right now with where you're at because don't just think yeah yeah i've got a bad attitude right now but if god would give me a million dollars that would change everything if you've got a bad nasty attitude with a hundred dollars you'll have a bad nasty attitude with a million dollars because it's never going to be enough to satisfy your nasty self come on somebody oh okay all right no all right i apologize i've made it my endeavor to quit insulting people as much and so that's my bad let's take that off of the live stream amen but what i'm saying is this get the revelation joshua didn't just get to become the leader because he you know what was a bad follower joshua was an awesome follower when moses needed something joshua had it when he needed his arms held up when he needed somebody to go do something joshua did 
did it. And that's why he became the leader. If you desire a greater position in life, start rocking it where you're at right now. Even if nobody else is thanking you, even if nobody else is seeing all of your hard work, it doesn't matter because God is seeing it. And promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south. Promotion comes from God. Amen. And so work like Jesus is the boss because Colossians 3 tells us to do everything like we're doing it for the Lord. If you truly desire to be promoted in life, start rocking it where you're at right now and realize that your promotion's not in any person's hands. It's in God's hands. And I'm going to give him my best no matter what. And that's what Joshua did. And that's why Joshua got to become the boss someday. And so when you can handle the little bit, God can start taking you to the next level. Now, Joshua had been consistently obedient to Moses for at least 40 years before God put him in this position. Joshua had proven himself through all of this time. And I'm sure that it got pretty difficult sometimes. Uh, Do you think there's times that Joshua was like, this isn't fair. Why do I have to wander through the wilderness for 40 years when I was actually one of the good guys? When I was out, out of everybody, there was, uh, there was two of us that had the right attitude. I was one of those two. Why in the world am I out here in the desert for 40 stinking years with all of these bad attitudes? I, that would be a fair question. I don't know that he ever said that. So, uh, it's not recorded. I, but he could have said that. And sometimes when we are following the Lord, when we are doing the word of God, it can be a little painful. So you need to know this, that obedience sometimes is a little bit painful. It's stretching you in ways you've never been stretched. It's causing you to grow to a new level. And a lot of people, they want growth, but they don't want any of the pain that sometimes comes with growth. I've told this when I was a teenager, man, I wanted nothing more than to be really tall and play basketball because I'm from the state of Indiana and we can grow corn there and we can play basketball and we can race race cars. We can't do anything else. That's the only options. And so I'm kidding, but, but we felt like that. And so, you know, I wasn't any good at farming and I didn't really have an interest in race car driving. And so that left being a basketball player. And so I wanted to grow so bad. I wanted to be taller and I prayed for it. And, and, you know, I was just a little short guy. And then one summer, I think about when I was 14 or 15, man, I just took off growing all of a sudden. I mean, it seemed like a couple of inches a month, but the bad part was my legs hurt so bad. There was pain. And we went to the doctor and, 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 and we talked to him like, why, you know, my mom asked, why is his legs hurting all the time? And he's like, well, look at his chart here. He's grown like six inches this year. What he's experiencing is called growing pains. It hurts, but it's a good thing. And in your life right now, maybe you're being stretched a little bit in your faith. Maybe God's having you do some things you've never done. Maybe he's having you let go of some things that you've held on to for a long time and it hurts. It's a good pain. It's called a growing pain. You're stretching so you can go to another level. And so God can do some things in you and for you that he's never done before. 
It's a good pain, but it's still a pain. And Joshua, no doubt, had to experience some of these things. And so I want to encourage you today that God does not always call you to easy street. But that's okay. Because the reward for obeying him will lead you to places you never even dreamed of. Telling you right now. Ephesians 3.20 says he is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you can even ask or think. And so you may think, well, I've had some dreams and they're kind of big. I don't know if God can do that. God's saying, please, those aren't even big enough compared to what I want to do in your life. But it doesn't just happen. We've got to be doers of the word of God. And so I've got this on your outline. There's no shortcuts to anywhere worth going. Yeah, I, I want to get to where Joshua was. I want to get to the promised land, but I want the shortcut. I want the easy way there. There's no shortcuts to anywhere worth going. In other words, you can't always just take the easy way every time that you want to get somewhere. I heard this story about David Livingston, if you don't know who he was. He was a very famous missionary in the 1800s from England to Africa. And one day, uh, an organization wrote him a letter, and they said, you know, Dr. Livingston, listen, let us know when you've got a good road paved to where you're working at, and then we'll send some men to help you out. Well, he wrote them back and said, if you have men who will only come if they know there's a good road, I don't want them. I want men who will come if there's no road at all. Like, there it is. There it is. That's the attitude of Joshua. Someone would say, yeah, we'd like to go to the promised land, but there's just no real good road there. And, and, and so, fine, we don't need a road. God will stop the Jordan River and we'll just walk through it. Amen? If you are saying, yeah, I'll truly obey God when this when this all gets together and when he could just make an easy way for me to do this, stop that. Don't do that. Listen, I'm like David Livingston. Well, we aren't looking for people that will serve God if there's a nice, easy, smoothed out, paved out road to get there. We're looking for people that will serve God if there's no road at all. They'll make their own road. Amen? And so that's the attitude of Joshua. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's the attitude of Jesus. And that's the attitude of High Desert Word Center right there. Amen. God has called us to places we've never even been before. And in Joshua chapter 3, we'll get there in a week or two. But Joshua had to tell the people, listen, we're going somewhere incredible but none of us have ever been this way before. So we're going to have to do some things we've never done before. And, you know, as we've got incredible opportunities opening up to us as a church and, and as a community, I'm going to tell you right now, hey, it's going to take a little extra work. It's going to take a little overtime hours. You know that, right? It's going to take sometimes, if you're going to get to where God has for you, believe it or not, you'll have to lose some sleep and get up a little extra early to pray and read your Bible. And if you simply aren't willing to make that sacrifice, don't lie to yourself and think that you can handle the incredible greatness of the promised land. Stop it. Quit. There's giants over there, and you're going to have to run them out and take over. We'll get, we'll get there. I'm going to show you Joshua chapter 6. We're getting there, people. But listen, just know this much. God wants to do huge 
things in your life. But you're going to have a role to play in it too. You're going to have to show up when he says show up. And you're going to have to be a doer of his word. But I'll tell you right now, the payoff for obedience is huge. I'm going to share one more quote with you. It's from a preacher from England in the 1700s, Richard Baxter. He said, the cost of obeying is nothing compared to the cost of disobeying. The cost of obeying is nothing compared to the cost of disobeying. And so, yeah, to obey God it sometimes costs us something. Sometimes we sacrifice. Sometimes we make some changes. Sometimes we give some things up. And there is a cost. In fact, Jesus said, count the cost before you do this. He said, you're going to have to take up your cross and follow me. He said, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And narrow is the way that leads to life. Everyone's looking for the easy road, but when you get to this place where you can say, it's going to cost me something to obey God in this, just know this. It's nothing compared to the cost of disobeying. And so I encourage you today, we're going to study Joshua out a little bit more, but I want you to know right now that God's calling you to a higher level. And I don't just say that because I've got nothing else good to say. I'm telling you right now, I, I, I see it. I sense it in your lives. I know, you know, almost all of you pretty well. And I know that God has a new level and a new season and a new thing for you. But you have a role to play. You have a part to play in it. And when God gives you instructions like he gave Joshua, you know, uh, he said, here's, first of all, Joshua, number one, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You got to meditate in it day and night. You're going to have to do this. And, and, and that was his instructions and, and he did it. And so whatever the Lord's speaking to you, I highly recommend that you obey what he's telling you to do. Well, yeah, but it's going to hurt. It's going to cost. It hurts more in the end to disobey. I've, I've been there. You've been there. We know this. And so I'm encouraging you today that if we're going to get some Joshua level results, we're going to have to do some Joshua level things, but it's going to be awesome when we're in God's promised land for us. Amen. And God can do what he really wants to do in your life. Amen. Can we give him some praise today? Amen. Let's stand up together. We're going to stand up together today. Hallelujah. Who knows that the Lord is good? His mercy endures forever. And I believe that he's spoken to some of us today and he's got something for us to get. There's something for you today. But we're going to start closing things out. But if you know, I don't have a lot of rules around here. I don't have a lot of, uh, you know, I don't feel like I'm the strictest preacher in the world, but I do have a couple of rules. And one of them is when we open the altars to pray for people, you don't talk to everybody else and look at your fantasy football score. And you don't start, we don't do that around here. Why? Because we're a family. And if you've got a brother or sister, and listen, we've dealt with some heavy stinking issues this week. Real stuff. And as people come up here, they've been waiting all week. I've got to get to church. I've got to hear the word. And I've got to get some prayer at the altar of God. And it just pains my soul that one of your brothers or sisters would come up here needing a miracle from God. And you're back there talking about something else or watching a TikTok video. 
It doesn't sit well with me. And you know this. And so I'm encouraging us today that as people come forward for prayer, if you don't need prayer, hey, what's your job? You're either worshiping God or you're praying with them. We got them up here. You've got their back. Amen. That's what we do. Do you understand that? Amen. Because our heart, I don't like to just have church. I mean, you know, we don't not just here putting on a service. No, we're here to minister to people, and there's people with real needs, man. And so we're here to minister to them. The biggest thing that we could offer anybody is this, though, is if you're here and you don't really have a solid relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're here and 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 maybe you just never actually received Jesus into your life, well, hey, we can fix this today. Or maybe you're here and at one point you did have a relationship with Jesus, but you kind of let go and, and you walked away. We understand that he didn't let go of you, but sometimes if we're being real, we've let go of him. Well, we can get that fixed today too. There's no reason in the world why anybody should walk out of these doors not knowing that they are in right standing with Jesus. And so what I want to do is I want to lead us in a prayer together today and give you that opportunity to get things right with God. And and if, if you're here and you're like, well, yeah, but that might be embarrassing. Well, listen, uh, we just said it. The cost of, uh, of obeying is nothing compared to the cost of disobeying. We don't put fear tactics or scare people, but we do tell the truth and we do not back down from the truth. There is no other way to heaven than through Jesus Christ. Amen. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, Romans 10, 13. I want to lead us in a prayer today. And if you would pray this with us, this is going to be the best chance ever to receive Jesus. Say this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. Give me the strength to live for you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him some praise. If you're here and you prayed that prayer today, I've got super good news for you. We have a program called Spiritual Personal Trainer. And what we do is is if you're first giving your life to the Lord or maybe you're coming back, we like to pair you up with somebody else from the congregation here. Over the next 30 days, for the next month, they will text you a Bible verse and a devotion every day. They'll pray with you. If you've got questions, hey, they'll they'll be there to, to, to help walk with you through those and, and get you on the right track. And so it's a 30-day program of, of helping you get mentored and on the right track. And, and so if you're here and you prayed that and you're interested, this is Jose right over here. And so I ask you to... Come over here while we're praying for people up here. Go talk to Jose. He'll get your information and we will connect you with somebody else from church here that could come along beside you and help you get started on this journey with Jesus. Amen. All right. Uh, can I get my prayer team to come on up? Pastor Josh is going to uh, lead us in a little bit of worship here today. If you need prayer for anything at all, come on up. We want to pray with you. We want to uh, we want to connect with you and, and, and we want to see God work in your life. And again, if you're here and you don't need prayer, Hey, praise God, but these people do. So your job is to help pray for them or to worship Jesus in the background. Amen. Let's go.
holy, 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 our God is on the throne. How firm is His foundation? No power can He shall reign 
Hallelujah. We're going to start winding things down here this morning. we still got some ministry taking place, so of course we'll be reverent to that. But hallelujah. Did anybody receive from the Word of God today? Amen. Hallelujah. And so we're going to be breaking uh, this book of Joshua down a little bit over the next few weeks. And I promise you, we're going to get into some good stuff. And you're going to see how it's going to help you get into your promised land also. Amen. Well, uh, as we close out, we want to remind you, we got service tonight at 6 o'clock. And I believe my dad just told me that he's also going to be approaching Joshua, but from a different angle. And so apparently uh, God's trying to get something to us. We had no idea that we were talking about the same thing. No idea at all. So anyway. Uh, be here at six o'clock tonight. If you are uh, any of the Harvest Fest information, I know we threw a lot out there to you, but there's a table back there where Renee is at. And so um, she'll, she'll help you out there. If you have questions, you can buy tickets to that taco dinner that's coming up and get any of your questions answered. Uh, but amen. I'm excited for where the Lord's leading us. Uh, the best is yet to come. Who knows that? Amen. The best is yet to come. Well, let's go ahead and close out in prayer, and then we're going to speak some words of faith over Barstow, and we'd love to see you again tonight or Wednesday night. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the word of God that we've seen today, Lord, and we know that you're just doing something in our church and in all of all of these lives that are here today, Lord. You are calling us to greater. You are calling us to places we've never even been before yet, Lord, but it's a good thing. And we're being stretched and there's, there's some growing pains taking place in our lives, Lord, but they're good pains because you're stretching us and we thank you for it. And so Lord, I pray for all of us here today that we would be doers of your word and not just hearers only. And Lord, that we would speak your word and meditate it just like Joshua did. And we know that you will help us to have a prosperous way and a successful way. We love you so much and we thank you in Jesus name. Somebody say amen today. All right. Let's speak some words of faith over Barstow today. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name.